You're not going to come home from school stinking, smelly. You stink of school. It has a certain smell. It's called school and it stinks. Let's clip that. Renee just said school stinks. Let's put that on social media. I'm Renee Montgomery and welcome into Montgomery and Co. The ladies are coming through today. Ruth Hunter, the WNBA fans may know her as Ruth Riley. Ruth Hunter has been named the Senior Director of Team Development for the Miami Heat. She's going to come on and talk all about it. We also have Gabriella Lewis, who is a beat writer for our squad, The Dream. She writes for The Next. She's going to come talk WNBA playoffs, The Dream season, SEC, all of that. Then we do a little This Ain't That, Back to School Edition. What we not gonna do, okay? We're gonna talk about all the things we would not do. And then we have a MoCo debate. So there was a lot of talk going on on social media about an AI rapper signing with a major record label and we're gonna talk about it. I wanna talk about the student loan situation. And the reason I'm calling it a student loan situation, I thought I was gonna be calling it the student loan celebration, but I'm calling it instead the student loan situation because when I went on the internet, so I heard about President Biden is forgiving student loans, 10,000 or up to 20,000, depending on how you foul and where you fall in. I was like, what? This is about to change the game. This is about to change people's lives. So, you know, the first place I go is on Twitter. That's actually where I found the information. Let me be clear. Twitter is my newsfeed. And so I saw it on Twitter. And then as I kept scrolling, I thought I was going to be seeing people turn up, celebrating hype. And I did. I saw people like really excited about what can happen. And I want to also mention that it doesn't happen automatically, people. For, for the people that are excited about it, make sure that you fill out your application. That's going to be here in October because they're not going to just automatically send you forgiveness loans. So I want to make sure you take care of your business. For those people that are excited, celebrating, I'm addressing right now, though, the people that I kept scrolling. I saw some people that were hyped, but then I kept scrolling and I saw that some people were upset. They were upset at the fact that it was people getting forgiven and they had to pay for their loans. It was almost the mentality that like they had to earn theirs and they had to pay off theirs over time. And that why is it fair that another group doesn't have to do that? Things that make you go, hmm, like I was really confused by that because what does their situation have to do with your situation, first of all? And then why, secondly, wouldn't you just be excited for someone getting in a better situation? To me, it's like, that's a celebration. I want you to know I don't have a dog in the fight, basically. Like, you know, like in a sense of, I went to school for free. So I understand that that is a privilege. And even with name, image, and likeness now, athletes are even getting paid to go to school. So that's different. I ain't mad at them athletes. That's like me being mad at a college athlete right now for making millions and millions of dollars saying, oh man, why they didn't pay me in my day? Huh? Things that make you go, hmm, because I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what does that have to do with you? You got in that debt yourself and you had to pay off your debt. However, fast forward to 2022, we have President Biden that is saying, okay, maybe we do need to give a little assistance, give a little help. So what? I wanted to read a tweet also that I saw, and the tweet is from Warren Gunnels. I don't even know who he is, but it just got retweeted onto my account, but it gave a good breakdown of just then and now. So I want to give you that breakdown, then and now. 
The average weekly wages in 1973, $873. In 2022, $813. Then and now. The average median home, then and now, in 1973, $30,200. In 2022, $433,000. Then and now, monthly rent in 1973, $108. In 2022, $2,002. Then and now, tuition fees at the University of California, and they just pick one just to give you an example. Then and now, in 1973, Tuition and fees were $150. In 2022, tuition and fees at that same university, $13,104. I'm trying to figure out what you don't understand about the situation. Things that make you go, hmm, do better, do better. We're back at it again with another MoCo debate. And this time we are going to blow your minds. I see a lot of things. I I roam the Twitter streets a lot. I roam social media a lot. And I saw a lot of things. But this one right here, this took the cake for me, okay? You guys won't believe this, but Capitol Records signed an artificial intelligence virtual rapper. The rapper's name, Effin Mika, F-N Mika, becoming the world's first AI artist to sign with a major label. Effin Mika has 10 million followers on TikTok, and Effin Mika's profile is a robot who is known for his extravagant style and hype beast aesthetics. He has an appearance of a cyborg with green hair and eyes. Paul, can you show them Effin Mika who just signed a Capitol Records, please? Oh, God. So this is Effin Mika, okay? Jesus, Lord have mercy. Effin Mika caused an uproar though it didn't end there with the uproar so the robot rapper signed the first of its kind deal with a major label according to the music business worldwide website but it doesn't end there the internet went in an uproar paul can you show us who's behind f and mika what the heck so this is who is behind f and mika that Capitol records signed and the community Activist groups like Industry Blackout had described the project as a direct insult to the black community in an open letter earlier today on Tuesday. Capitol Records then severed ties with the AI rapper Effin Mika and apologized for the insensitivity. So Effin Mika was signed to Capitol Records for one full day before losing his label deal. I thought this was the wildest turn of events that I watched happen live. I was, I listen. What? This is creepy on so many levels. Like, I just want to know, I just want to know, how did he convince them to sign him in the first place? This is like 10 some million Anna TikTok stuff. followers. This is like some real Anna Delvey persuade you to believe me that type of stuff. You know, it's like he really convinced Capitol Records that that was a good idea for him oh, to let be me, signed. I might have explained this wrong then. No, he didn't have to convince Capitol Records. Effin Mika is one of the biggest artists out. 10 million TikTok followers, but F and Mika also has plenty of songs that have a lot of play. So F and Mika is a real rapper. Capitol Records pursued F and Mika because of F and Mika's following. And so, so F yeah. and oh, I don't even feel comfortable saying this name, but F and Mika was so so they were like a animated artist on social media, and then started putting songs under an alias or something under his alias. Yes. 
Yeah, so Evan Mika embraces the amb- ambiguity of being a virtual influencer and his social presence extends beyond social media. In 2019, he released two rap songs. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell you, this is not only a social media influencer, it's actually a rapper. And, and also so, it makes so, me- so he must be a talented rapper, that guy, right? But the problem is, why did he make his alias look like that? Like, why did he just make him white like him? What are we talking about? That's what I'm trying to do. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. Are we listening or are we singing? I mean, I think the (laughs) rap is for your ears, not your eyes. You know what I mean? Why are we, why? I am so confused. (laughs) Now, I'm going to just ask this question. Every other conversation we have is about the metaverse. (laughs) Why are y'all mad? Because this man is already in the metaverse making money as a rap artist. If we all go to the metaverse, we all going to look like whatever we want to look like, right? That's the whole point of it. I don't understand why we're upset about how he looks. Why does that even matter? Who cares? I'm glad you asked. The article has a response to that. They said that they apologize to the black community for the insensitivity in signing to this project without asking enough questions about equity and the creative process behind it. Yes, but also, why would you have somebody who's supposed to represent a black artist? He's an AI artist, whatever, whatever, but he's a black artist. Why would you have a white person behind that is what the activists have a problem with. It's wow. like blackface with actors in the exactly. past. Exactly. Why wouldn't See, you get a black artist? That's why I said it's mm-hmm. like, is this like, so this is the, I didn't even. I so they didn't black, get a black so artist. He had that idea already and he made himself a black character. So they got catfished. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he made himself a black avatar. And so Capitol exactly. Records got catfish. They got catfish. Even their answer is not relevant. If we're trying to move people into an alternate universe where we make our own avatar, you know how many times wait, I've been- Wait, 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 Cole. Why did you move Evan Mika to the metaverse? He's not because there Because my point is, is that this is the first step. It's okay. They're I'm actually making an avatar. We make our avatars for every single thing we do. My son makes avatars for Fortnite. You know, what and some of those avatars there are men who are playing women and they're not okay, black men true. and white women we so know my this point too that's is, true it's very true so i'm saying the point of your avatar is you can make your avatar whatever you want to make it that's the whole mm. beauty about it there are people who are this big who got muscles on their avatars they make them what they want to be so why are we mad because hmm. if i'm not mistaken there was a man who stood on stage who was a dj who was tearing it up with a big cat or something on his head we didn't know who he who he was for i don't know how long what was it um he was a dj a big cat he was a dj he had a big square like a robot or something oh you're talking about marshmallow or something oh with the x's and yeah yeah he was up there as a dj no one knew if he was black white hispanic no one knew yeah but he wasn't he wasn't portraying himself to be any kind of black you know avatar or whatever i was saying alias earlier but i was saying avatar i can see your argument but i can also see their argument because if you're going to portray a black artist you you would think that the person behind that would be a black artist so it's just sending the wrong message that is true now i mean come on I get it. I actually get both sides like yeah, 100%. That's what I'm saying. I get I get both arguments. This is interesting. If I was a black woman and I can't make it in the in the in the country music industry because people see me with this big afro and I'm and I'm strumming a guitar, but then I make an avatar of a white chick and actually to be honest with you, that person wasn't necessarily black. They just took on black ethnic 
features like they had grills they had the you know there's things that they did the green I mean, hair the skin I, I think the skin is supposed to look actually i don't know it's like it's not i think it rides the line of cultural appropriation okay. if you ask me because what why didn't he make his avatar look white why, why didn't, didn't he, he make it why exactly it's an avatar. but i'm saying but what i'm saying is that he knew what sells he knows that what sells is the grills is the hip-hop culture is the braids is the is the clothing so he he is infringing upon the culture Miss he is appropriating Eminem is out here. Culture. Miss me with that. Miss you me know, with that, that. But that is Eminem got influenced by the culture too. You know, he like did? He's, okay. he's influenced by the culture too. He grew up in Detroit. He grew up in Detroit. So he knew what he was doing. He's smart. He didn't make his avatar look like a white guy because I wasn't going to sell. Listen, you all, I've just learned something, you know, on the last two or three shows I've talked about. I need help getting my avatar done. Well, since I know the avatar doesn't have to look like me. Oh, wait till I step on the stage. I'm scared to see what Snook's avatar is going to look like. wait till I step on the stage. Y'all ain't going to say, wow. Yeah, Ma, (laughs) do what you want to be. I thought that was the entire point of the avatar. real in here, boy. (laughs) Okay, so what if a lot of people started just making black avatars? I guess that's not a big deal. I guess if like... If, no, mine's if, if not everybody be well then Fortnite to be shut down <laughs> let me tell you all these uh memes all these things <laughs> that allow you to be of something other than what you naturally are they need to be shut down because the thing is you got people out here you got okay let's go further sims i think you're talking about the sims did you say mims is it mims or sims, sims? <laughs> i think it's the sims no, no, i had no, to no, think about, about that. no minecraft i'm sorry minecraft oh, My, yes, I, I minecraft. did two different oh, things okay. where minecraft they make their own avatars you do your yeah. own thing you know what i'm roblox. saying roblox they make these avatars and they look like whatever they person wants them to look like so Destiny. then shut all those down because now you can say oh they're actually portraying think about all the kids who who have avatar in basketball games, they might be this player. Well, I didn't know that they were playing that. You know, it's just like, what <laughs> is a different kind about? of premise? Because now you're talking about making actual money and talking there about, uh, making uh, actual uh, you're money. talking, I'm talking about the artist. Uh, what's this called? F and Mika, his F name. F and Mika. You know, now when you start talking about such a broad audience, millions of people, millions of dollars, that's when people start paying attention to you. So if you're playing a game in your room, nobody's gonna notice nobody's gonna care that you're black white red purple whatever but if you're talking about money and real influence and real people the voice makes money like that that's the whole premise they turn around they don't know the person black white hispanic and them people sing every genre of music they do whatever they want to do but the whole premise of that is the person turns around that's something completely different okay so to that point in 2019 would it should have been the time honestly for these groups if they really had a problem with it 2019 is when f and mika released two songs those two songs have done well enough that now fast forward to 2022 when f and mika has now built his social media following to 10 million tiktoks it feels like to to serena's point was saying now everybody's mad because they're it's seen it's like oh my god it's a white guy because they like you said they got catfish they feel like they got catfish to cole's point though i can see that like Junior's avatar, one time Junior had a a, a woman avatar. Mm-hmm. I remember that on because Fortnite. we were like, him and his crew had uh, women avatars on Fortnite. And we were like, yo, what are y'all doing with these like avatars that are women? And they was like, yeah, we all got them. It's the littest skins out here. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> Listen, this I'm sorry, is the man said he wanted the littest skins. <laughs> he wanted the littest skins out there. You'd be mad because oh, wow, he wants the littest skins. I see what skins. you did there. <laughs> see what I'm saying? 
You see what I'm saying? Yes, but if Angel was a, a high profile gamer making money off of it, and, and, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is that it yeah, crosses a line. Too. It crosses yeah. a line when you start talking about money and influence and people, guys. Come on. You guys no, know this. These gamers are making money. No, but it's also interesting because there's a show on TV right now called Alter Ego, and it's about people that it's a singing show. I think yes. it's a closer example called in the voice. Cause the voice yes. has real humans and yes, it's yes. blonde, but the alter ego is a show where the humans actually aren't on stage. It's their avatar on stage performing, but it's actually their real voice. They get to pick what their avatar looks like. They get to pick what the show looks like, but it's actually their voice singing. Cause a lot of them, like one person was a guy that had a really high voice and he identifies with like, you know, people couldn't understand. So he wanted his avatar to be a, a like, you know, represent that. Another girl was super shy. She made her avatar, you know, so that that's why she had to have an avatar. Now, to that point, though, I'm really curious if on that show, they usually have like gold skin and purple skin. For that reason. Because they don't don't want to appropriate against, uh, you know, uh, uh, on any culture. Miss me with all that. On that show, they've never came across that situation yet. I don't know if there will ever be a time where somebody might want an avatar that looks something like F and Mika. We don't know yet because the show hasn't had it happen yet. But I do see that if that were to happen on a show like that, I can see it both ways. I can see people saying, have y'all been to gamers? Like they do this all the time. And I could also see people from Serena's side saying, no, this is cultural preparation. Purple skin, okay. Pink skin, okay. But when you have somebody that may not be of that race identifying themselves as that race, I can see both ways, honestly, because people going to get mad cold. Like it's like, yeah. can you, people going to get mad about a lot of stuff. So I can see that. So if that person looked like a completely like a black, if it had completely a rap persona, but it was purple, you're saying it would be okay. Yes. No, it's not. Because everything else about that particular skin or that avatar was something of the black community, of the rap and R&B community. And that is my point. That is my point. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't matter. So you we're all upset about skin. What no, I'm saying I was is, talking about everything. No, she I said, said cultural appropriation. I said oh, the yeah. grill, the oh, hair, okay. the outfit, everything. I just think it's ridiculous. This is why we have our MoCo debates, because I think that this is like... I can see both sides of it. I can see that, you know, on the one hand, there's going to be a group of people that feel like, wow, here we go again. Now a rapper signed to Capitol Records that, you know, there's so many rappers out here that are trying to make it in their human form. And okay, maybe you get like into this point when people blaze a new path. It's sometimes it's like, well, you should have thought of that idea, too. That's kind of how I feel. It's like F and Mika, this guy created a persona. It's not easy to get to 10 million followers on TikTok. I'm just going to throw that out there. So whoever is behind this and the guy that's behind this, he actually had a very genius idea and executed it flawlessly. However, it may have been, you know, it rubbed people wrong because it could have been culture appropriation. But to that point, it's like there's a fine line happening here with gamers and that game Destiny, Fortnite. Everybody chooses skins and different outfits that may not represent who they really are. And honestly, in the metaverse, that's the whole point of that's it, too. You can be point. whoever you want to be. So this whole world we're moving into is it going to have a different set of rules? Like, should it's the virtual world... because influence is dollars. So when you start talking about influence uh, uh, on the mass public, that's when things start getting serious. That's why I said he must be a talented uh, artist because for him to get the numbers yeah. that he does, I don't think that it matters what he looked like because people like the music. So, oh, how do you so know? that's what I'm we saying. Don't know, but see, that's what that's I'm saying. Question. I don't know. What I that's was saying is that people like his music and they don't really care about what he looks like or maybe they do because he oh, made himself do. look that way. Exactly. 
exactly my point, Cole. That was exactly my, but see, my no, point. No, 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 no. Exactly that's my, point. my point. That's my point too. But that's what you I should was be saying. That if he, no. if he would have, if appearance didn't matter, why didn't he make himself look like no, a white I'm not guy? Talking is about what that. I'm saying. I'm telling you right now, these real artists are not mad because this person is black. Forget that. They're mad because Capitol Records is giving this person a better deal, whether they were white, black. It's all virtual. So they feel like I'm up here on stage and doing tours. They're up here doing tours and, 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 and doing all this they have to do for their money. And some guy is sitting behind his computer and then Capitol Records will come in here and give him more money <laughs> than I am. You know and what? I'm up on that's, stage. I think that that's so the that point. To but me when is I the heard the problem. activist, when Renee said the activist, my first thought as an artist, I'm like, dang, the robot's taking over our job that's yes, my first that's thought what they but, but when renee said the activist part i'm like oh shoot here this but is that, a whole nother part, can of worms is that i didn't even know but i definitely see that point of view as well definitely yeah. but i don't think that the activists would be coming after them if it wasn't a racial problem you know what I'm saying? This conversation is so ironic because for my news, I had originally chosen the uh, avatar that Zuckerberg had and that everyone is so upset with because... Mark Zuckerberg's avatar, a lot of people are uh, upset about it. It doesn't... It, well, I, I think it looks like him. I don't know why they're so upset. It's cheesy. So, but anyway, but so this is the opposite. People are having problems with these things that are being created and put out before the public and you know it's just crazy no you're right snook that's a good that's a good point too because mark zuckerberg just released his avatar and a lot of people had a problem with that so we can see that people are gonna have like your avatar it's so funny the same way people look at your fashion and the same way people look at how you dress the car you drive it's really starting to be like that on the internet people are going to look at your avatar how does it look what does it look like and then to that point that you both were talking about little duval posted on instagram about and Mika and he said yep fellas you might want to go ahead and start learning how to fix planes because human rappers are about to be done and so that's right there the bigger problem that's what I said that's the bigger problem it's a real thing so here's what I have to say to wrap things up on this this MoCo debate which I really love and Cole and Serena yes like this is how you <laughs> debate baby because I'm sure that people will relate to both of you guys on both sides of it and so this is what I'll say the world is changing virtually and there's going to be a lot of different things happening. We're going to have to figure out as a human race, do the rules when you're in real life in human form apply to the rules when you're in virtual form? And do we care what your virtual form is if it's not like you? Because I can foresee right now we're talking about the aesthetics of AI and, and your avatars. I can now start seeing too, what if it happens to where somebody has their AI talk in a certain slang or has their AI talk in a certain dialect that's not their own culture. I can see that it's going to be a step further. Like we're going to have to figure out what are the rules when it comes to avatars, virtual reality, the metaverse, because I just don't know if our human rules apply. Coming up next, we have Ruth Hunter, Senior Director of Team Development for the Miami Heat. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We have Ruth Hunter with us today joining us on Montgomery & Co. I met you when you were Ruth Riley, former WNBA player, now turned NBA exec. So this is exciting. I'm, I'm really, first of all, congrats on your new role. The Heat announced that you would be named the Senior Director of Team Development for the Miami Heat. Okay. Yes, so yes. first of all, yes. Let's that. go. <laughs> we love a former Hooper turned whatever they want to be on the other side of the business. So first of all, like, welcome to the show and like, how did this become about? Is this a role you wanted? Did you go try to get it? Like, how did you get this role? Well, it's great to be on with you, Renee, and love what you're doing uh, and have been doing, obviously, as a player, but now post-playing career. It's such an inspiration to so many, and Thank it's an you. honor to join you. And I'm really blessed. I was drafted to Miami and, uh, you know, a long time ago, 20 years ago, to the Miami Soul. Miami Soul. And so I, I feel like I've been a part of the Heat organization for uh, just about two decades now. And so unfortunately, the soul folded after the third year. And, um, you know, my playing career went on to different teams, but I had the opportunity to come back here just about four years ago in radio and, and TV. And that was a learning curve in itself. And I know you're in that industry as well. And so, um, you know, just really love the game and love finding different ways that I can be a part of the game. So as a player, uh, now on the broadcast side and, and now in the front office, it's it's really been an amazing journey. That's amazing. No, definitely. You mentioned that you were on the broadcast team. I know that you covered radio for the Heat as well as you did a studio analyst role on home and away games. To take your new position, you're going to have to step away from the broadcast. So that's kind of why I was curious, like, you know, like you prefer to be doing hands on role with the team as opposed to broadcast. Because See, I'm in the broadcast space, so I know that you were, too. So I was just curious, like, you know, leaving the broadcast space. Are you going to dabble back in? Do you want to stay on this exec side? Like, I'm kind of curious, like, because you can do whatever you want at this point. Yeah, I'm really blessed. Uh, You know, our broadcast team is phenomenal and so just to be a part of really one of the best in the business at what they do and you know as you know one of the few females as you know there's not a lot of women uh, who are covering the NBA and so to have a team that really supports you uh, that sets you up for success that believes in your talent and believes in your knowledge of the game right your knowledge doesn't matter if you're male or female I mean, your your ability to break it down and explain that and communicate that you know is, is a skill that anyone can have and so I loved being able to do that and you never know what the future holds, but I'm, I'm really all in now in, in learning this new role and, and how I can help our guys. Yes. Nice. Let me give the people a little background. Cause you mentioned it a little bit where well, you were drafted by and played for the Miami soul. Your last two seasons, you played for the Atlanta dream. So what's up? You know, we love that, <laughs> but you also moved into sports on the exact side before that you were a GM for the San Antonio stars before they relocated and became the Aces. So I'm curious what you think about, man, the Aces are a powerhouse team. They're playing in the WNBA playoffs right now. I'm just curious your thoughts on, you know, we we are former Hoopers played against each other. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know what it's like to, to watch the league now and just to be so proud of how far it's come and to be a small part of that growth as a player and just really love 
the talent level that we're able to see right now, the exposure that these women are getting, the benefits that they're getting, and and how they're able to to really take our league forward uh, in a in a huge way. But for me, obviously, like. Uh, excited to see how these playoffs roll out. I'm really proud of Becky and what she's been able to do as coach of the year. They just announced yeah, Asia as defensive player of the year. Jackie oh, is... They racking it up, ain't yeah, they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most I mean, they're, they're bringing them all in there. Um, you know, so I, I think it's, a, it's an incredible organization. Mark Davis, obviously, you know, sad to see it leave San Antonio, but great to see it in in hands that are going to invest in women. And so I think a lot can be learned from owners like Mark Davis and what he's doing with the Aces. Definitely. And, you know, that makes me think of something because so you played in the WNBA. Now you're in the office, the front office with an NBA team. I talk about this all the time with athletes, though. So I want you to kind of speak on it a little bit about how being an athlete prepares you for any type of business role fill in the blank because we all played up until we didn't play and then we continued on our career whether it was broadcast analyst or now you know senior director of team development can you just talk about how basketball prepared you for that role well I think that there are inherent traits that athletes have that really set them up for success and obviously that the work ethic the the ability to set and achieve goals overcoming adversity working in teams working with others communication um, you know all those things I, I think companies there's a reason why companies really look to hire former athletes, whether it's collegiate athletes. And and we know the research that, you know, women in C-suite positions, I mean, a lot of them played sports growing up and especially in college. So there, there's so many just positive um, things that can come from sport. But I also think for me and my journey, it's been being curious along the way. And I think that curiosity has led me to um, – to take a position in the, the players uh, association, you know, when I was a player and that, yeah. you know, gave me the knowledge of our CBA. So when I became a GM, I understood our league in a different way, which I'm sure you're experiencing as, as an owner now. And so I think making sure that you're utilizing what is around you at the time as an athlete also is really important. I would love to have had you when I was teaching because uh, everything you mentioned, Ruth, are called transferable skills. So you learn skills in one area or one industry and then you use those same skills you transfer them to another industry so you have done a wonderful job with that transferable skills definitely and so when I you know that's interesting that you say that as well about you know I'm going to just use Stooks' turn then, transferable skills, because when, (laughs) no, because you see, (laughs) transferable skills, because you see athletes a lot now doing this. And so I know you're on the NBA side of it, and there's a lot of, they're doing it at a a large scale because they have the resources to do it. But talk about athletes and that more than when we played, it was pretty much, you're going to go overseas, you're going to stay. But now we see athletes, they have their own podcast. They have their own production companies. Like athletes are empowered now in brands. So, you know, with the heat, are you guys, how do you guys lean into that now, the name, image, and likeness space? Obviously, this is starting at a young age now, and it's redefining the landscape of collegiate sports. And so I think people are still trying to figure out how to best utilize that and not just how to guide student athletes through that, but as an athlete, understanding your brand, understanding the value of your brand and and who you want to align that with is so important. And you're having to make those decisions now at a much younger age. And so, 
you know, it, it is going to be interesting to see how NIL plays out over the course of time for a lot of these athletes. But I do think it opens the door for women in a way that we've never seen before. Uh, and so really excited, especially for the young ladies who are able to capitalize on that. Love that. And so, you know, I'm curious, too, about it. So you're you're going to be involved with player programs, analytics and basketball operations. You're on the basketball ops side. You're going to report directly to the GM. So I'm just curious, what are your thoughts going into this new role? Like people don't know what it's like to work for an NBA team. And so you're reporting directly to the GM. What does that look like on a day to day basis, covering player programs, analytics, basketball ops for people that don't know? Like I'm sitting here and I could have an yeah, idea, I'm, I'm but people. I'm people. I'm people. <laughs> exactly. no, so I, I would I would love to know. <laughs> like, what does that look like? Ruth, like, what are you going to be doing? Because we had Swin Cash on, by the way, and she's another former WNBA player in the front office with the New Orleans Pelicans. So I I love to see women empowered in these positions. So what does that look like for you? Like, what does your role look like? Well, Swin is killing it. And shout out to her going into the Hall of Fame next weekend. So, so what she's been able to do for sure. Um, I, I think for me, it's, it's a little bit of everything. And, and it's going to be a lot of figuring it out throughout the season. Uh, I have a unique hybrid. And so it's not a singular focus. So it's, it's really just, I think, at the beginning, understanding um, what's been done before, asking the questions of how how can we best serve our guys? You know, that's really the focus, right? To get them to be the best versions of themselves on the court and, and off the court. And so many things play into that. When you look at analytics, it's the numbers that describe how the actions on the court and you take a deeper dive into that instead of just box scores. You know, that's been really fascinating to, to learn that. And I, I can't wait for the data to catch up on the women's side, you know, because when you see what's yeah. available here on the men's side and how they're able to make informed decisions. We're just not there yet on the women's side with the data that's available for them. And so I look forward to progress there. I think that's definitely something coming in the future. Um, but my passion is the game and and our guys and how to how to best serve them. And I, I think I can better answer that question maybe at the end of the season than I can go. <laughs> well, you better come back then. Come back and haul at us. Yes. And speaking of the season, I'm curious, what is the Miami Heat looking like this year? Like, you know, what? How do you guys feel going into this season? We look a lot like we did last year, right? We, I mean, we lost PJ Tucker, and obviously that's a huge loss to us. But you know, a lot of uh, the guys are returning and. So just a tremendous year. Then so many great storylines coming out of last year. Obviously, Jimmy Butler leading the way when you look at yeah. <laughs> um, what he's able to do on the court and then taking that to another level once you get to to the playoffs. I mean, Bam yeah. took a huge Jimmy step Buckets. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I do think that it, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of familiarity. You know, last season, a lot of guys were able to step up during different periods of, of COVID and unavailability of players where guys really were able to, to have an opportunity they might not have had before. And so you, you, you're cheering for all these storylines coming in. We have a lot of undrafted players on our roster. And so I think our fans can identify with the journey that they've been on to get here and really appreciate what that takes to get to the highest level. And so uh, Heat Nation is, is definitely excited about you know, what they're going to be able to see next year. Nice. They better nice. be. Heat that. Nation needs to know that they they are spoiled because it doesn't yes. matter who y'all bring in, who leaves. Miami is known to have this certain grit, like this yes. certain like get it in the mud type. What do you think that comes from in a sense of 
there's been players come in and out of the Miami Heat program for years. So what gives that grit to just the organization? Well, you know, it's, it's hard to sustain success in sports, right? But one thing that the Heat have benefited from is just having consistency. Um, Pat Riley has been here. He set the tempo and the atmosphere for our organization. And so everything kind of falls in line under that. How long Coach Bolster has been, been here and to have two top 25 coaches you know, who are, are leading your team. Like, that's a luxury. Yeah, that's, a, that's a luxury. You're right. <laughs> and so I, I do think that it, it, it all starts with the mindset and the, you hear a lot about heat culture, um, but it, it is true. It, it, there is a way that we do things and it's not for everyone, um, but that way leads to success and leads to championships and they find the right fit for guys who are able to fit into that system. Oh, we hear all about it. Uh, Dan Lebetard and friends, everybody is all about heat nation everything yes. heat miami <laughs> yes. so yes. we we definitely because we're 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 atlanta so we're hawks fans so <laughs> they they give us flag everything is all everything miami all the time exactly <laughs> when i think about your team as well jimmy buckets i want to like get into him a little bit as you talked about he turns up for the playoffs but you also have a guy in tyler hero i think that not even a rising star anymore, He's an a star, outspoken yeah. ri- a star that we know about. Is he taking over the city? Like, I'm just curious because, you know, like it, certain people in a city, it's like they're like the mayor almost. Who is the mayor, you would say, in that city as far as like the players are concerned? Like, who is the, the like, because Trey Young here, it's like Trey Young is king here in Atlanta. Like, that is our, our guy. My guess would be Jimmy Butler, but I could be, I could be wrong. I don't know. <sighs> That's a, that's a tough question because you know I mean Miami. That's a dangerous question. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to go to work the next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of competition down here just because of you know the star power that exists in in Miami. Um, but when you look at at fashion and culture, obviously Tyler Hero leads the way in in that category and and so you know it's been fun to see him grow not just as a player on the court but you know understanding who he is what he likes how how he presents himself in the community he's so great with our fans and engaging especially you know before the game you always see him talking to those young kids that idolize him and so there's there's a personal connection too that most people probably don't know but i think is really impressive about who he is yeah, I, re- I remember, you know, we were watching, I think it, it was a heat game. And this yep. was before, I think he was, he was a rookie that year or something. It was the bubble season. Oh, yes, exactly. And then Renee, she saw something that he did and he she was like, oh, he's a star. He's going to be a star. And then like, I don't even know, maybe a month or two after I, I hear like, a, it's a my, my son was listening to a song. It's called Tyler Hero or something like that. I'm like, man, this guy's on songs already. They're making songs out of him. Um, so like R- Renee actually said it. She saw it early on. She said, he's a star. He's going to be a star. That's a good call, Renee, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain people, it's like the way he carries himself. So that's the only reason I want to ask you about it. Because I'm like, I wonder if like he's taken Miami by storm because he carries himself a certain way. He's a very confident dude. Even when he was young, it was like he, there was no fear. So I was just curious if that was transferring over to the the city of Miami. But I wanted to ask you one last thing, because I like to ask guests a question about generational things in a sense of, I always ask about generational wealth. You know, we play in the WNBA. You don't necessarily secure generational wealth there, but like we're building our own legacies and our own paths. You're doing that right now with the Miami Heat. Getting drafted to Miami sold, now staying with the Miami Heat. So like, you know, what does generational wealth mean to you? I think the the interesting thing about that question is that 
obviously the landscape changes from generation to generation too. Like what that means for us now is going to be completely different for our kids' generation and was so different from our moms. Uh, And so, you know, I I think that there is um, definitely a a blueprint of success when you talk about financial wisdom and how you take care of money and how you communicate that to the next generation. But for me, I've, I've been blessed. I mean, my mom really didn't have much growing up. And so she gave me, you know, the, the, the tools of a, a great work ethic, faith, um, being resourceful, all those things that enabled me to be successful that didn't involve money, but allowed me to make money as an athlete. And so I think it's it's more than just the dollars themselves. It's what are those values that you're instilling in that next generation uh, to help them be successful. Hey. I love that answer. Wow. I love that. Yes. When we say wealth, they think money, but wealth is so much more, so many more aspects to wealth than just the, you know, the, the green part of it. <laughs> that's such a good, that's, that's such a different answer than what we've heard because usually yeah. people answer it as, as in you said like like financial terms and some people have just flat out said uh, I'm not leaving anything to my kids they're gonna have to get <laughs> you know but I, I love what you said because you're like look my mom didn't leave me anything but she taught me the skills and the tools that I needed to to basically make it and and I, I love that definitely definitely we talk about it often it's a big deal to us and so you know I always like to ask guests this because with Montgomery and Co we say it's a generational thing so we thank you Rue for joining us here on the MoCo crew with my sister Nicole my mom Snook and Serena Grace my wife it's a pleasure to be on with all of you ladies thank you so much Back to school, as everyone knows, and there was a viral TikTok video. First of all, Cole sent this video to us. Cole's only on TikTok because of my sister Shay. So I'm just taking you guys down the web. So my sister Shay is like great at TikTok. She brings the family to TikTok. And now Cole must be scrolling on TikTok because she found a viral video of a mom. And the mom is at Thick Nick Jack. And it's on TikTok. And she was talking about the things that they not going to do. She titled it, what we not going to do, this ain't that. So I just got the notice that my son's school starts up in a few weeks. And now it's time for me to pull out the PowerPoint presentation on how the rules for back to school are going to go. Again, don't know if anybody else does this. This is just me. What we not going to do is tell me about reports, permission slips, and picture day packets the day before they're due. I'm not about to get my blood pressure up running around here to get all of these supplies or find an outfit or do a project into the wee hours of the morning. This ain't that. What we're not gonna do is complain about the lunches that are packed for you. Literally took you to the store and asked you if every separate item was okay, but then when I put it together in a lunch that's nutritious, now all of a sudden it's trash. This ain't that. What we're not gonna do is as soon as we get home, you asking me 55 times is dinner ready. I told you to eat the lunch that I provided that you told me was okay, but now it's trash. This ain't that. What we're not about to do is let me know you still here. This ain't that. So as you guys can hear, she had a long list. There were more. We only played you guys a couple of from her list. She had more. So if you want to go see it, head to TikTok and see her list. But we thought, hey, we got some things that we're not going to do around our way as well. So we're going to join in on the what we're not going to do. This ain't that. Serena, what we're not going to do. 
we're not going to take you to school if you miss the bus, okay? You're going to have to figure that out. When I missed the bus, my mom was so mad at me. I didn't even want to tell her that I missed the bus, okay? I would go to my neighbor's house, and I would be like, hey, can you take me to school? Cause I don't want to tell my mom. So, okay, now... <laughs> No, for real though. You know I'm gonna tell you so. right now. She know I don't like this because Junior. Now this is what this is what will happen with Junior. I can almost predict the days that he's accidentally going to miss the bus for some reason. Every time when we decide to watch one more episode, we all collectively will be like, "All right, should we watch one more or not?" I'll be usually leaning towards we should not watch one more because Junior got to get up in the morning and he always like, "No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just watch this last episode of Lock and Key." All right, we do it. <laughs> we watched that last episode. Guess who's going to need to accidentally get taken to school tomorrow every single time? She knows that's what we're not going to do. This ain't that. If we stay up late to watch a show, one of your favorite shows, what we're not going to do is have you sleep in and then accidentally come to us and tell us that you missed the bus. Yeah, yes, you're right. Because every time I, I'm, I'm usually the one that will be like, OK, fine. You know, like I'm talking right now, but I really do be feeling bad for him. So I'll be like, OK, fine. Come on, I'll take you. So I really do take him because my mom would be like no, 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 no. she would be yelling at me and then she, maybe she'll take me but I, I'd be feeling bad for him I'd be like come on baby I'll take you but it, it wakes up Renee and so it wakes her up like early in the morning so it kind of messes you know it messes it's, with your sleep cycle it's not even about that it's about the fact that I can predict the days that he is going to miss the bus it's yeah. this yeah. ain't that yeah Renee would be like I told him so yeah that's not that's what we're not gonna do okay that's what we not baby. gonna do Cole what we not gonna do your way what we not gonna do is check out library books at school <laughs> and can't remember <laughs> to turn library books in but you got that football oh, okay. every day that football goes <laughs> yes. and comes back from school on a regular schedule <laughs> never missed a day never been lost never been mm. stolen never somebody took it but you'll get that library book and Praise be to God, we read it and then we can <laughs> never see it again. Somebody stole it. Now, I don't know who's stealing library I can't books. I can't even believe there's still libraries. There sorry. is. There's still libraries and they still <laughs> let people check out books. And the fact is, is that they want their books back. But you can't. So this you. ain't that. Don't check out the library books. Read them <laughs> online. I'm, I'm done with it. Yes. I'm done what over it. What if the red box is going on? Red box used to get me with that, that all that the time. Not I might as well buy it. the CD right away because I that return this and stuff. This ain't that. This ain't that. This is the <laughs> digital age, baby. Everything needs to be over once it's viewed, read, get a tablet, scroll on your tablet, read a book online, audio books. This ain't that. This I ain't feel that. you. Mm-mm. I feel you. What we not going to do, Roy? Alright, well, <laughs> we're not going to do is we're not going to leave this house to go to school without you using the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> yes. You can't explain no. this to me. And no, 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 no. There's not going to be any accidents in the car. There's not going to be any accidents at school. I don't want to hear any reports from your teachers talking about you missed out on using the bathroom because you were out there in, in the playground or, or on the yard <laughs> playing soccer or whatever. No. So no, no, what we're not going to do is get the bathroom breaks. That's right. <laughs> 
No, you know what? This is a real one because we got like kids will literally wait till the last second yes. and then be in an emergency. Absolutely. You got to get a police escort to the bathroom so that nothing gets in their way so mm. that they can barely make it on time. This ain't right. that. This and, ain't that. You, and, you, and you can tell when they got to use a bathroom too. be like, do you have to use a bathroom? Because you're moving yeah. too much. Like you're yeah. moving yeah. weird. Like, no, we and see then it. they run to the bathroom at the last minute. Fidgeting. Jordy, my little nephew, our little nephew, he does that all the time. This ain't that. That's not what we go. What we not going to do is wait till the very last minute because you decided to skip bathroom breaks. Roy, you so, right. So, so Roy, what, wait, wait, the, the playground, what happened with that again? All right. Uh, so the playground, uh, the recess situation while at school, if you didn't use the bathroom and you'll fall away from the bathroom at school, then that's going to be a huge problem for your child. So what, what are they going to do? They're going to run to the bathroom? No, no. Right. You got to get escorted to the bathroom because maybe the playground or the field or whatever is across the street, like the one at my uh, daughter's school. No, that's going to be a task to get my daughter from this place uh, like a half block to the school bathroom. So, yeah, that no, sorry. No, no. Having accidents. This ain't that. No, sir. Snookabooka going to bring up the rear. Snook, okay. now I know you got some stuff on there. What we not going to do, Snook? Okay, well, this is so very interesting, and I want to dedicate this to my grandkids. I really do. Because I'm sitting here listening to what you're going to do. This ain't that. Well, this is what wasn't that back in the day. First of all, I didn't get to see Serena growing up. But this thing about the bus now. My kids, you know, they never rode the bus. But they always was late. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and this is the thing. I, I know the very moment they were woke every morning because their dad woke them and I heard their feet hit the floor. All you had to do was say, girls, bam, feet hit the floor. That's but PTSD. That, that, I'm going to tell you right now, that's PTSD why them feet hit the floor so fast because Diddy will wake you up out of your slumber. You could be Dead in your sleep. REM sleep. Rim. You, you dreaming. You and if you forgot to soul. do a chore, oh baby, no, you're going to wake up out that sleep. You're going to learn today that that, what would you do going that. to sleep without finishing them chores? So exactly I don't true. care. When Diddy says girls in the morning, I don't know if it's 2 a.m. I would go from sitting straight up to standing straight up. Standing I mean, laying, straight up, baby. Standing straight up. It's that bass in his voice. 2 a.m. or 6 or 7 a.m. He got that bass, that boom, 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 yes. boom, 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 baby. <laughs> okay? That super bass. Yeah. yeah so, so, Junior, don't be uh, scared or alarmed about what they're saying because... I'm sure Miss Lucy, if I were to call her, she'd have some things to tell me about Sam oh, and getting on his bus it's and all of that. Clapping back at she us. Is. This is what girls want the grandmas do. Oh, oh, no, no, baby. They, they be defending oh, yeah, their grandchildren and dedicated to my grandkids. So, wow. you know, she's doing all this barking now. She wasn't barking back then about. <laughs> you're about you're absolutely right, Snake. I just thought we was all in on this together. I just realized that this is revenge of the grandmas. <laughs> like what? Okay, do your thing. This is grandma for the baby. This is grandma And so then let me go to Nikki. I am just outraged. I almost <laughs> fell out of my seat she when she talked table. about the library books. I mean, <laughs> I really almost <laughs> fell out of my seat for her to to just talk about Vance and his book. And you would have chimed in every night about what? oh, do they still have libraries? Uh, if if it had left up to you all, they probably would not because. <laughs> You see that on the floor? That's tea being spilled. <laughs> this man came to give us a whooping. Oh my gosh! 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it was awful. Every time they had a project or something to do and they needed, I'm talking about one, wow. two, and three. I'm not talking about just one specifically. Nikki brought they it up, but she three. was the ringleader since she was the oldest. Every time we had to go wow. to the library, call me, uh, Mom, uh, we can't check anything out. Well, why not? Well, one of us forgot to turn in a book and the fine is um, golly, golly, golly. Ooh. What? <laughs> <laughs> and we can't do anything. And so then the librarian would get on there. She'll say, oh, well, Miss Montgomery, we're having a, a drive. So if you'll bring some canned goods down, we'll <laughs> no, forgive your fines. <laughs> and so anyway, our pantry was always empty. Is that pulling receipts right now? I haven't even said my what we're not going to do. Maybe I should say mine because... Oh, I thought yours was with Sam's. I'm sorry. Oh, no, mine wasn't with hers, but I feel like I feel seen and I feel... Like attack, Exposed. but I'm still going to say mine real quick because she ain't even got to you, I got Roy. One more. I got Shay's. Oh. I, I'm not, she's not here, but I just want to be inclusive. Wow. <laughs> Since Miss Pat talked about favorites, I don't want any of you all to get the idea that some one Aww. of you was the favorite. So wow. <laughs> she didn't already said she didn't call out Miss Lucy and said, "I know Miss Lucy got stories about." <laughs> she ain't really going around the horn. So let's hear Shay. Well, Shay would always come running. She waited. Everything was almost done. Daddy's already. Out of, out of the door, gone to work with a handful of paper. She's shuffling. I need you to sign these. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why is she whispering? Why, Shay? Because they were disciplinary in nature, and she didn't want her dad to know. Okay. So okay. she's coming, waits till he goes. So what we're not going to do we is make Snook sign the papers and not show him the ditty. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to put me in the middle. What? So. Wow. No, go ahead, Renee, because I want you to get, you got to get in here too. We all wow. been bathed and baptized in exposure, okay. so she okay. just called us out. All right, I'm gonna say it with my chest. Okay, what we not gonna do is you not gonna come home from school with a hundred thousand kids stinking, smelly, and all of that stuff, and just sit on the couch and not shower and think you everything is okay. You stink of school. It has a certain smell. It's called school, and it stinks. It's that classroom. It's the environment. It's the fact that you probably sweat and stop sweating three times throughout the day because you have gym so you probably play pickup you probably went outside to play <laughs> what we not gonna do is just come into the house funky as ever and just be on the couch talk about what's up this ain't that i can't wait to hear Snook's answer this because you that. are an athlete so i want i want to hear i want to that's hear why this. i was like i'm not but i'm gonna say it with my that's why i said i know what's coming for me but i'm gonna say it with my chest because junior really be in here all huggy huggy laid out on the couch too <laughs> That's boys. In them school clothes. Yeah. Let's clip that. Renee just said school stinks. Let's put that on social media. <laughs> you ain't got no clap for that one, D-Ma. Well, I'm trying to think now. Well, you know, uh, the stink part not, but coming home. Uh, With a whole bunch of kids? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You never know who's going to be at your house. I don't know about Renee stinking, but I have... Has, uh, uh, she said, "My baby don't stink, but I don't know she about the mother kids." Sticky people to the house. <laughs> I just forget we all have our childhood traumas. I'm like, I talked about the bus. Cole talked about the library. <laughs> I do, I do and agree Renee with that because yes, I do agree with that because Renee would bring a whole bunch of people home just because Renee would come home and take a shower. The people didn't take a shower when they came to the house. They was dropping <laughs> Renee off. She's getting rides. They was in the house. So mom got a point there. I, I got the point. Wow. I see what you're saying. 
I'm just still in a you know, state and, of shock. And sometimes I would ask, I said, oh, do they use deodorant or, you know, <laughs> whatever. What we not going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is crazy because I want everybody to understand. This is not what this is supposed of to be. Of course, we talked about doing this segment before we did this segment. I want you guys to know we have production meetings. We talk about things. Snook did not inform not a nair one of us. We didn't know this was, was going to be a roast. I didn't she know it was going to turn them. into a roast of we thought we was all going to have our what we not going to do because, yeah, we all got kids now. So we're going to turn up what the kids not going to do is. And Snook had other plans. Snook said, yeah, I see you, but this is revenge of the grandmama's baby. Hashtag gilfs. And she was not going to let this go down that way. So she dropped the bomb. She dropped the mic. She dropped the tea. She spilled it all. What we not going do is come for her grandkids is what we found out. This ain't that. This ain't that. Did you just say hashtag gilf? <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Coming up next, we have Gabriella Lewis. She's the Atlanta Dream beat writer for The Next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We have Gabriella Lewis joining us. She's the beat reporter for The Dream, the Atlanta Dream, our home team for The Next. So if you guys don't know what The Next is, they cover all things women's sports, okay? Just so we can get into it. So Gabriella, thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Okay, so start me at the beginning, okay? So... You are a reporter. How did you become the beat reporter for the Atlanta Dream for the next? Great question. So I'm still in college, but I love women's basketball. I love the WNBA. became extremely obsessed. Ended up DMing one of my favorite reporters on Twitter, Alex Simon. Yeah, shout out Alex Simon was the beat reporter for the Mercury last year um, and now is doing great things at the Bay Area News Group. And then I basically got connected with folks over the next, Howard Megdahl. I'm living in Atlanta and they were like, do you want to do this? And I've had the summer of my life getting to cover the dream. And it's been a really exciting 
time in the league, as well as also just getting a front row seat for this team that is obviously growing in a really exciting way. I love how they started over DM, too. <laughs> yeah, like started impressive. with a DM, now DM. we're here. That's so, so cool. So what, what school do you attend? I'm at Emory University, so right here in Atlanta. Oh, oh wow. Nice. So nice. Emory is a partner, so it's all in the family exactly. here. So exactly. I love to see it. You've covered the dream all season long. Unfortunately, as everybody knows, we didn't make the playoffs. We were literally one game away from making one the game, playoffs. One game, Almost one. doesn't count. So I yes. understand that as I didn't an cry. athlete. I didn't cry. We- I was good. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about it, Gabriella. You covered the dream all season. What are some things that you saw this season? Oh, there were such exciting things to see the dream. I mean, I think most people would tell you, and, and when I talk to fans and when I talk to you, Renee, and everyone, that vibes had changed in, in that the Gateway Arena. You know, people were really excited. Y'all sold out over nearly half of all games. And folks were just, like, really pumped to be there. And it got really loud in that arena. And, you know, especially in these, you know, nail-biting games, it was so thrilling to be there. And then also, you know, there was only four players returning from last season. And so it was basically an entire new, um, it's almost an entire new franchise in a lot of ways, because also there's a new coach with Tanisha Wright and then a new GM with Dan Padover. And those two spent such, you know, they were obviously hired in, I believe, October um, and just did really incredible work to bring a very good group of folks today. And one of those being rookie Ryan Howard, who Come is, on, uh, Ryan. yeah, exactly. <laughs> rookie of the year. Sorry. Um, and, you know, just a very impressive group that on the court really loved one another and worked really well together. And then off the court got a lot of love as well. So I think those were some really exciting things to watch really up close and personal. Thank you for all of that, by the way, because just to put some context to it, you wrote a story that you interviewed fans, you reached out to me, and you did a, a complete story on just kind of the transformation and what was happening in there. How did that story become about? People were just talking about it so much. And I came into the season like a, a, a couple games late, and I just saw this on Twitter. And then I got there and I was like, oh, this is this is for real. I went to one game last year as a spectator, and I could just tell that things were really, really different. There were folks that I talked to who were fans that were season ticket holders who had been fans for a long time. They were really excited about Gateway. They felt like State Farm was like great, but this was a really exciting, you know, new opportunity just for the dream. And then I also talked to folks who this was their first game and they were really excited. And then I also talked to some folks who had never been to like women's basketball or WNBA games until this year, went to a dream game early in the season and they had to come back. Mm. Um, And, you know, I I talked to folks who were, you know, on the older side, but then also, you know, I I talked to a young girl who was probably eight, right? And she was a hooper herself and was so excited about this. And so so I think it goes to show, right? Like, you know, build it and they will come. Yes. (laughs) Boom. I love that. And so speaking of build it and they will come, we've seen the craziest numbers. Every time I go on Twitter, this is a social media era. Look, her job started with a DM. Now she here. She saw things on Twitter, pulled up to the game and was like, this is for real. Social media is a real thing. And so I saw on social media that, you know, the WNBA PR account, they always tweet out or the ESPN PR account tweets out a lot of different numbers, viewership numbers, different things going on. And every time I see those numbers, they're like record breaking this record breaking that. Have you seen those same things when you've been like, even for the playoffs and the season? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people spoke about the 2021 season and they were like, this is a, you know, a real definition point, right? Like things are going to change and this is going to be a really special year. And now we've seen in 2020, we continue to break records. I mean, this is a really special year, too. And I think. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Sorry, 2022. And I think 
that's extremely important to think about, right? That it is just an upward trajectory. And we're seeing some of the best numbers, at least on television from 15 years ago. You know, that's a crazy number to have. And that started from the draft to regular season games to playoffs, right? This is consistent throughout the season. And there's obviously a moment happening for the WNBA and for women's basketball. And I mean, you got to be watching, right? Like there's there's nothing (laughs) more exciting, in my opinion. I agree. Definitely. I mean, even uh, March Madness, I didn't know that it wasn't a thing for, you know, on the women's side, but we saw that have record breaking numbers as well. So you're absolutely right. Women's basketball, women's sports in general is definitely getting more awareness. And you're you're right. Like every year it is progressing. And this year did feel like a like a landmark year for some reason. It felt it felt different. Even it, it still feels different, even even going into the playoffs. Absolutely. I think women in general have realized that, hey, we can take the reins here and we can lead and do what we need to do. So I think I'm happy that women's sports is in that group of women that are just moving and progressively going forward. Definitely. I agree. And speaking of women's sports, you also cover the SEC, correct, with with the next. And so like you, you let me know. OK, because I'm a y'all know we bleed blue now. Okay, I'm a, <laughs> blue, Gabriella blue. kindly let me know that the SEC has the champs, the reigning champs coming out of that conference. So can you just talk about the SEC in the upcoming year? Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is the team to beat, right? They win last year, um, the championship, and they have a very good shot at it this year. Um, (laughs) And the SEC is also just a conference with a lot of history. You know, Tennessee's at SEC, um, Kentucky, which is where Ryan Howard comes out of, you know, which is maybe not on the women's side, a historically really incredible uh, program, but it's got some really fruitful talent on both the men's and women's side. Ryan Howard to be uh, to be the front line of that, um, and then you know we've also got UGA, which is uh, which is in our yeah. home state here, uh, which has you know Maya Caldwell, who was a dream uh, player who kind of came in and out this season, played there. So you know it's a really exciting conference. I'm feeling really excited that I get to cover it, and you know I think the team to beat, like I said, is South Carolina, but. We'll see. There's some folks who will definitely give them a run for their money. Yeah, no. I mean, Don Staley and what she's doing with that program is absolutely incredible. Amazing. You mentioned UGA. So I just want to ask you, uh, Joni Taylor, she moved on to a new position, but now the new coach is a former UConn player, Nikisha Sells. So I'm just curious, like what? I, it's, it's a crazy world how everything's connected, but I'm just curious with that UGA team, you know, what are they working with? What does it look like for them returning or anything like players wise? Because Maya Caldwell, as you talked about, was a great player for them, but now she's one of our players here at the Atlanta Dream. So unfortunately, she's not playing for UGA. So what is it looking like, you know, for a team like UGA? Yeah, you know, I think they're a bit in a bit in a bit of a transition period. And if I remember correctly, they had some folks go to the transfer portal like so many did after uh, Joni Taylor left. But, you know, I think there's there's strong ties there. Obviously, you've got someone coming out of UConn. That's that's very important. We saw what's happened with Vanderbilt, with Shea Ralph. And like, I think when you've got these pretty incredible folks coming out of a place like UConn, you can build a really important program. And, you know, Maya Caldwell throughout the season talked about how UGA like is built on this defensive spirit and this like toughness. And I think they're not going to lose that. They're going to continue to have that. And I think, you know, there may be some years of transition, but I think they've got some some good things going for them. Love that. And you talked about grit and we talked about that same thing with Ruth Hunter, who is with the Miami Heat. It's like you expect that type of grit. It doesn't matter who plays for the Miami Heat 
what players come in and out, you can expect that they're going to be gritty. And so Maya, to your point, she did talk about, you know, UGA, they have that defensive presence. That's the identity of the school. So speaking of identities, we're going into a playoffs where the four teams in the playoffs have very distinct identities. And this is the WNBA. We're in the semifinals. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm about to put you on the spot. Okay. We're in the (laughs) semifinals, the best of five. The teams that are left now remaining is Seattle Storm, Las Vegas Aces, Connecticut Sun, and the Chicago Sky. Of those four teams remaining, who do you think we're going to see in the finals? Great question. If you had asked me Sunday morning, I would have said Vegas, uh, Chicago. And then after that Sunday game, I was like, oh, I think Seattle's going to take this. I mean, I think it's going to go to five games. It's going to be really exciting. The basketball on Sunday was just so fun to watch. But I think Seattle is just built for the postseason, right? You know, they start four number one draft picks there. That is crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I mean, yes. Vegas starts three. So it's it's a good company, <laughs> right? But yeah. mm-hmm. um, they're just so tough. I think they, they've really locked in. They're hitting their stride at the right time. Tina Charles is hitting her stride at the right time. I mean, 18 rebounds in a game. Like, that's Jeez. something we got to talk about Come a little on, bit. Like, right? Yes. Come yes. on, yes. Shout out to the UConn Husky. I played with Tina Charles. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a Husky forward team, definitely. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think Seattle's going to take that series. But, uh, you know, who knows? Like, it really could go either way. And then with the Connecticut-Chicago series, Chicago didn't look great on Sunday. Connecticut took that game for them. It was an exciting one, but I still think Chicago is the better team over Connecticut. And I think Connecticut has struggled in the postseason for many years. And I'm not sure this is the year they overcome that struggle. And I think Chicago is going to, is going to take it for them. And I originally predicted four games, but I could see it easily going to five. I think. Listen, I can see it going to five. We want seven games. I'm like, (laughs) where do I need to sign the petition to get us to seven game series so we can have all of them? Because to that point, the games have been unbelievable. And just I'm letting everybody know we're, we're filming this on Tuesday. So we don't know what happened on the Wednesday game. It's been so exciting. There have been barn burners. Even when the games have been big leads, it always fizzles down at the end into a five-point close game. I'm always tweeting on Twitter, you guys, you got a two-minute warning. We got a good game on ESPN or a good game on ABC. So I'm saying that to say, if you are listening to this right now, you haven't tapped into a WNBA playoff game yet, what are you doing? Truly, yes. Gabriella and all of us will be tapped in. And Gabriella, I thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you all. As I think back to F and Mika, and I even feel uncomfortable saying his name. It's hilarious. But I think about where we're going. It's really wild. We have to really start to think about blazing our own path. There's things that people are doing that have never been done before still. Like a lot of people feel like everything's been done. There's nothing else left to do. There's a lot left to do. A dude gained 10 million TikTok followers and signed to a major label, Capitol Records, off of creativity, off of something in his mind. Was it right? Was it wrong? That's for up for debate. But my thought process is don't limit yourself. Create your own reality and do whatever your brain can imagine. We'll see you guys next week. And with MoCo, as you know, it's a generational thing. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.